Hey everybody, welcome back to the Resilient Purpose Podcast. Doug Pfeiffer here and we have we have pivoted and we have changed things. We actually are now a podcast of two people as I have my co-host. Hello, I'm Spencer Thorne. Thank you for having me, Doug. Oh, uh, we're really excited. Uh, we're really changing things up. We went on a long hiatus and we really focused on our Resilient Purpose Plus platform and, and doing some things like the youth resilience and wellness bundle and we're working on some first responder wellness projects and so we really got through all that and now we really uh, have the energy to bring the podcast uh, back and talk all things resilience, mental health and wellness. So Spencer is going to join me um, every every time we have an episode. We're going to just have episodes between me and him but we're also going to have episodes where we invite guests and talk about things related to uh, this these topics. So uh, looking forward to getting started with this Spencer. Yes, excited to, to be go. here. Ready to go. Alright, stay tuned. The Resilient Purpose Podcast with Doug and Spencer. I thought that doing a icebreaker would be helpful since you are new to this podcast and I wanted, um, actually, we've been on a break for a while. Yeah. And so I think to re-engage people in the audience, I think it would be cool to have them get to know us. Sure. Learn a little bit about us. What do you think? You ready to I'm kind ready. of dive right in there? I'm ready, Doug. All right. So. Got five questions. Start off with an easy one because you are really into music and I think people are going to learn that about you. But what's your favorite musical instrument? Oh, my favorite musical instrument has to be percussion, any kind of drums. I love I love anything drums and I make things drums. You make things drums? Or yes. you're going to have to tell me like what? Like, like you know, your thighs could be drums. Oh, so you turn anything yes. into I, a... Yes, I have that potentially character flaw in me. <laughs> so, so everybody's like, stop tapping, man. Stop yeah, tapping. I, I was that kind of kid, you know, growing up. <laughs> right. So I've learned to like harness it for good. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, um, How about you? Drums, totally drums. You're a drummer uh, too? I've always been a drum. Like anytime music comes on, I'm trying to, I'm horrible at it, but I'm trying to mimic the, the drum pattern and, and stuff like that. Like I, I think I am very impressed by drummers because they can, do one beat on one hand and a foot and another, and I'm just like yeah. mesmerized by the ability for for them to do that. So that's I respect that. That's yeah. that's impressive. So it, it is also favorite instrument in in admiration, but also like stress reliever. Banging the crap out of uh, drums would be. Oh fun. yes, it's I can confirm. It's great. You're now a co-host of this podcast, okay. so if you could have anybody in this world to be our first guest, Ooh. who would it be? And I would go for like a professional athlete of some sort. Tom Brady or someone like that. Tom Brady to yes. come on and talk? Well, Tom Brady's out there, I'm sure he's watching this, <laughs> and, and then he can, uh, he can call us out. I'd like to pick his brain on the, you know, the mental health aspect of playing football and at, you know, at a high level. At a high level. I think level. it would be an interesting conversation. So there was, there was this, I, I listened to a ESPN Daily podcast, so as, mm -hmm. um, and the episode today was about um, the Roger Federer model. Ooh. And so he is the antithesis to Tiger Woods. So Tiger Woods and Roger Federer are like the best in their field. Yeah. And Tiger Woods was highly specializing in golf from as early as two, and Roger Federer did everything. He played like rugby, he played like 
uh, squash, he did like, yeah. all the basketball, everything. He never really specialized until he got really older. And mm -hmm. so everybody kind of thinks mind-wise that, oh, to be a world-class athlete, you actually have to do what Tyler, Tiger Woods does. But actually, the research doesn't really match that. that. Although that's true, you do have people like Tiger Woods, the majority are like Roger Federer playing. And I can see, especially when you're, you're young, you want to like, you know, stretch, you know, play experience yeah. as much as you can because that'll help, you know, that'll help tune your mindset when you choose, you know, a sport to really focus in on. You, you know, you can bring all those perspectives in. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Roger Federer's up there too for me. Roger Federer, say that, Roger Federer would be a good guest. That would be a great guest. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would, I would want to, uh, there's been a lot of professional hockey players um, talking about mental health or supporting mental health, so I would love to get a professional hockey player that is dealing with mental health issues or wants to talk about mental health issues. Um, so I could see that being going, especially because hockey's a rough and tumbling. Uh, like there's a lot of you know there's a lot of collisions going on there. So it is it is a special uh, topic for me. I love kind of sports, and so I love mental health, and so talking about both of those are. Um, that I also would kind of get into the mind of musicians in their mental health. Yeah. So I think um, any creative person kind mm -hmm. of is is very in touch with their um, negative emotions. So like if if I could bring the person back, um, Chester Benningfield from um, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, yeah. Would be. Uh, oh man, best. the stories he has. I'm sure. Yeah. Like yeah. that would be something. So that would be that would be so. Okay. Third question. Can hang out with any cartoon character uh, out there. Who would be the cartoon character? Any cartoon character? Yes. Uh, Timmy Turner, Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the fairies granting all the wishes for it. Make, that would be a superb day. So you'd want wishes uh, granted, uh, or at least you know, hang with Timmy, who has the wishes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he would. Grant, I've never watched that, and then, yeah, so I wouldn't. Know much about that? Okay, what about you? Uh, Batman Beyond, the okay. uh, the Batman Beyond character, uh, Terry. Uh, I think it's his name. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. A while since I've watched it, but that has been my favorite Batman of of all time. And so, okay, fighting crime with Batman Beyond would be cool. That's honorable. While, while going to high school and yeah, right, and dealing with all the uh, you know, right, right, classic right, problems. Right, right. <laughs> if you could eat, and you could only eat this meal for the rest of your life, like it, it's the only meal option you would have. Okay. And you have to have it for every meal for the rest of your life. Which meal would that be? Oh, I've already considered this a, a sub, a, tur a turkey cheese sub. A turkey cheese sub. Yes. Okay. I think it just it provides everything you need, and you can do it. So there's a health. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I am I am pizza all the way. Pepperoni pizza, but it can't just be like it has to be pizza from like uh, our like our local pizza, like uh, Station Pizza or uh -huh. uh, Over the Moon Pizza here in Marietta. Or something well, are you like a thin cruster? Or, thin. Or, okay, okay. Yeah, I think the thick crust is 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 too much. But um, I like the thin crust, and I like a greasy, greasy, like dripping off the pizza. Yeah, like I could have it as a drink. Yes, uh, pizza <laughs> with the pepperoni. So okay. All right, and last but not least, what is your favorite item that you've bought this year? Bought this and we could say last twelve months, since it's. You know, oh, okay. well, I got more one. time than six months. I bought in a new drum, okay. <laughs> and so that easily takes the cake. It's it's a hand pan drum, and it's um, and, you know, it's a hand drum that has melody to it. So okay. it's both got the rhythm and the the melody aspect to it, and it's a 
It's a gem for me. It's so, a gem? Yes. Alright, alright. What about you? Lightsaber. A lightsaber? Built a lightsaber at Disney. So Really? Yes. So it, it makes the sound, it's it's the green lightsaber. When you uh, built it. You built it. You go to Disney and you Oh go and to like you like a workshop galaxy. and like a, Yeah. And they take you and they take you through it, um, and it's like you're you they're they don't break character. It's like <laughs> right, like you're in it. Like you're in it, like uh, building the Jedi Kyber crystals and in what color? Uh, green. Green. Yeah, I was actually wanting the yellow one because um, uh, Lily's favorite color is yellow, and I and I think I thought it would be cool, but they didn't have yellow. So they had okay. Yellow. So some people, if they wanted to be the Sith, could get you go red. you go red, yeah. And then there were the other option I would have probably gone with was purple, but they didn't have purple. So they had blue, green, and I think red. Okay. I think was, was the green's a solid choice. Green. I had to go green. Seems so like a, a balanced choice. A balanced, a yeah. balanced <laughs> choice. So that is that is definitely definitely. Alright, so we'll we'll probably have to come back for more yeah. uh, get to know you questions. Yeah. And um, maybe that's something that we can kind of engage uh, the audience. People can start yeah. putting in there uh, answers. One to food questions. that they have to eat for yeah. the rest of their life. Drop or, a comment. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So, uh, one of the things that we have never done, okay, and we're going to start doing, is a regulation activity. So, okay, we're going to just do uh, an activity, and this is something that people watching can do with us. Um, but regulation is important. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about resilience. So uh, the, the, the best way to get to resilience and mental health is to learn how to effectively calm your mind and body. Okay. All right. All right. Do you know a whole lot of regulation activities? I do. I do have a, I have a, a tool belt that's growing yeah. of my regulation yeah. activities. Yeah, folks gonna put it down. Yeah. So I thought today I would do one that I think would be easy for people that are watching to learn and okay. um, would just be a kind of a simple one. And it's, it's called the uh, finger trace uh, breathing. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do is while we are inhaling and exhaling, we are going to trace our hand up and trace our hand down uh, each finger going all the way to the end and that'll be kind of how long we breathe right okay so on the inhale and we're going to inhale through our nose we want to inhale and exhale through our nose is the that's the cleanest most effective way to breathe uh to get breathing from our belly so that our belly moves uh it's the best and the breath. nose has good filters right nose has good filters uh it's not very healthy to breathe through your mouth um, so it, it, it just is going to be more effective in terms of how we regulate our mind and body. So we are going to inhale through our nose and what we want is to close our mouth, try to have your tongue at the roof of your mouth. It's a little secret about breathing that if you have the tongue at the roof of your mouth, it is, um, it opens up kind of an airway to get to your belly to really fill up your lungs and, and everything like that. I'm like that. messing with the right, I can feel the difference. So, right, like, so if you actually try to breathe with your tongue at the bottom it's like not efficient it's not efficient like it, it kind of feels, feels stuck but yeah. if you have it and so the way easy you could do is you could swallow and your tongue naturally goes to the tip of your mouth like the roof of your mouth and so you breathe in and out so there's actually like uh, marathon runners that run and breathe like that they run and breathe in 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 with the tongue at the roof of their mouth and that helps them stay steady i can see that yeah, yeah. okay yeah. and then we'll breathe out and so this, the, one of the things I like about this one is it, um, you can control the pace of your breathing by how fast you go up your fingers and down your fingers. Yeah. So if you, if you feel like you're breathing really fast and rapid, you can go 
really slow and breathing. Right, and you kind of use the arc to go up and then back down. And then so you keep your nose in and out, and typically uh, there's many different ways you can go even, try to do the even amount of time in or you know up and then down, or you can go uh, shorter on the way up with this, the inhale and then farther on the way, like longer on the way down or exhaling. Um, and see kind of what works uh, for you. So, you, do you want to exhale through your mouth, through your nose, through your nose? So you can, but through the nose, nose, nose is 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 the best. Okay. So, so you want to try it? Yeah, right? yeah, I'm ready. We're kind of right. mm -hmm. So let's start. Breathe in and out. Breathe in. So what was that like? That was nice. That was like a little adventure. It feels <laughs> like, like just yeah. going through the ups and downs. Like, that was nice. Yes. So it, it is a good way. The other thing I like about it is you, I could feel like my hand, like the the touch, the tactile sensations on your fingers. So that kind of drew my attention to my hands. And so when you're like stressed and overwhelmed and your mind's racing, you're thinking about all this kind of rough stuff, Yeah, your your brain kind of redirects to kind of a sensory Like the immediate point, here. The immediate, the present, it can, so it's also grounding as yeah. well, keeps us I definitely felt that. to the present moment. That yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. All right, so. And it's free. And it's free, you don't yeah. have to you No props have to needed. Right, right. That's nice. And like, so if you're out in like a restaurant and you're, and you're anxious and you're really stressed, but you don't want to be like, this out, you know, you put the hand you underneath your, you know, the yeah. table and you're just, and you have your eyes open or closed, it doesn't really matter, I typically close my eyes just to kind of focus and mm -hmm. everything like that, but you can do it, no one really notices that you're doing this breathing, although, you know, if someone sees somebody doing some deep breaths, that should be something that we should be appreciate and, yeah. and, and be positive about. And I, I like this because it's, I talk about with like, you know, working with kids, like stealthy ways we can regulate you yeah. know, or like, you know, get a fit, like a quiet fidget, something that doesn't disrupt the class for, right. you know, or doesn't make a big scene or, you know, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Right. This is a nice one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to do it often. And then mm -hmm. also kind of let us know how that was. So put something in yeah. the comments, letting us know whether you felt better, whether it, it stayed the same, whether it made you feel worse. Uh, sometimes that might happen. You just got to kind of see what works for you. And, mm -hmm. you know, so sure. you, you felt better I, 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 I felt like I felt myself like sinking into my chair like just yeah, yeah. the grounding feeling yeah yeah really effective every episode when me and uh, Spencer are together we wanted to talk about um, a particular topic related to mental health or wellness or or whatever so our topic and uh, people probably heard me talk about this before <laughs> it's important it's not it's important and it's not something that I have I'm not the originator of this viewpoint or, or, or look at mental health, um, but I find it really interesting. I was listening to, or I was watching an Apple Plus show called um, uh, The Me You Can't See is the name of mm. it. 
And it's really cool. It's like six episodes. And somewhere in there, I can't remember which episode it was, Prince Harry's talking about um, mental health as an injury. Okay. And looking at mental health. And so one of the things that we deal with at, at you know, Life of Purpose and our community mental health is that there is still lots of stigma around people getting help, going and working on their mental health. Um, I think I see a lot of people kind of talk about how they're dealing with all this stuff and they really find mental health important, but then they often also don't really do anything about it. Like yeah. they don't work on it mm -hmm. or it just seems like there's, there's barriers around working on your mental health or making it a priority. Um, and so one of the reasons why I think, and it's not the only reason why there's a stigma, but one of the reasons why is, is mental health is looked at as an illness as a disorder, which basically says there's something wrong with you. You're Internally. Broken. You're broken. You are, you're messed up. Yeah, you're labeled. You're, you right. Know. So if I, it's, it's almost kind of like if I go get mental health treatment, I am admitting to myself into the world that I messed up. I think that's a lot of people hold that view. Yeah. I think a lot of people. And like, I don't want to come to terms with that reality or think about it. I don't want to, you know, that's, it's not an easy mm -hmm. way to look at yourself. It's not. And I, and I think especially considering the effect of internalizing, you know, you know, if you start to take them, you know, you know, your issues as, you know, in mental health, you know, you start to become, oh, I'm just a depressed person. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm just an anxious person. That's, that's just your identity. That's just, yeah. That's who you are. Yes. Yeah, so you start to form your identity around that. And it's like, that can't possibly be helping. You know, right? I, and I remember when, when I would work with kids in um, residential or foster care, they would they would often say, "I can't help it. I have ADHD. I can't help it. I have bipolar." And they write and they they, they just, just write kind it of, off. They write it off that I'm I have no. And so there's not a whole lot of hope that comes from getting a bipolar disorder diagnosis or a depressed depression disorder diagnosis. It doesn't seem like it's it, it probably feels like. You know, and typically when you go to counseling uh, centers, uh, like our, you know, this diagnosis, they don't just kind of appear and then we take them off. They tend to kind of stay with people. Right. Especially people, if they go from place to place, they kind of stay with you and you never seem to kind of escape that label or, you know. Yes. And I will say, from my experience working in the schools, I've noticed an increase of teachers and other professionals starting to come around to the idea of like mental health like right. and the importance of it and the importance of addressing that before we can get to the academics right i've noticed i mean and it's probably you know partially from the pandemic and you know now we're kind of into our back to our normal years you know normal school days and now i think teachers are starting to see yeah some of uh some of that need you know and some of them are coming around to that idea well, and, and one of the reasons why I like it as mental health as an injury is is really mental health is our difficulty in coping with what's happened to us, like experiences. And, you know, so if you take the pandemic, people have suffered during the pandemic. Absolutely. They have been overwhelmed by the world shutting down, uh, the, well, just the impact of inflation recently, mm -hmm. the impact of missing out on work or losing your job or... Uh, mm -hmm. losing close uh, loved ones, yeah. you know, all of these things. These are events that are happening to people in their life that 
take, you know, you could be going about your life and everything's going well, mm -hmm. and you don't even think about the need to kind of work on your mental health because everything's going great, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all these things, all these things keep happening, and you're depressed, you're anxious, mm -hmm. you're you're panicking, you're having these panic attacks, you're outside anymore, you're not wanting to hang out with friends anymore, or you're you're just kind of disconnecting mm -hmm. uh, from the world. Now, on the academic side, kids are having trouble learning, they're um, socializing, they're getting in trouble with well, they have you know, two socialism. years less of experience just go you know going through yeah. the school routine you know and so it, they're just you know kind of at a deficit you know yeah. at a mechanical deficit you know get the social mechanics the routines of school yeah and so and I think it's important about you know if we, if we view mental health as an injury that seems more hopeful yeah. like there's a there's like a you know there's a solution you know out there that we can you know help you know to recover there's a big movement about like uh, mental health is health and you know, physical health and mental health kind of kind of impact each other. We know mm -hmm. that like you know stress gets manifested in our physical self. So like when we are you know uh, increased heart rate from panic or clammy skin mm -hmm. or hot uh, body temperature or a lot of muscular tension, yeah. um, digestive issues, um, heart problems, all all come from you know, stress, and, and there's so much like where people go to the doctor and they have all these physical ailments and they can't find a, a physical cause, yeah. a medical reason, and then we realize it's related to stress and trauma and, mm -hmm. and, and all those things. So, absolutely, know, when I'm not feeling good, when I'm having a hard day or a hard week or a hard month or even a hard year, I know that I'm having a hard because I feel it in my body. Yes, yeah. You know? And so mm -hmm. it's, it's my physical self trying to deal with with the stress, and so our physical health is impacted by by stress, um, and then of course our mental health is the way we think, mm -hmm. the way we feel is all impacted by that. You know, we don't come out of the womb depressed. Right. We have certain sensitivities and, and regulation kind of abilities mm -hmm. and, and everything like that, but in reality it's, it's these experiences that shape our mood states, yeah. our uh, behavior, the way we function, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all those impact us. So it's these life experiences that impact our ability to cope in a healthy way and function. And so if it's experiences that pretty much drive our mental health, it's the same. It's the same concept of getting injured on on the on the playing field like where I tear my ACL mm -hmm. comes from a physical athletic experience yes that injures my knee just as much as uh, abuse or um, domestic violence or losing a loved one mm -hmm. impacts my you know creates a mental health for issue. sure for sure and you know we wouldn't go around and label you you know oh you're you're an ACL tear. Right? You're, you're, you're one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It was not really like that. You know, it's, it's, it, I think another interesting thing about like the physical part and how it relates to your mental health, a lot of the, a lot of the th things that I see is people fall into the trap of, you know, if something's, you know, upsetting them, you know, an external stress, they actually forego like eating breakfast Doing or the, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll actually fall into the trap of going, digging themselves deeper down of right. not taking care of their physical self to, you know, bring it back to the mental side of things. Now, and I, so like, and I can, I can relate to that because I, I probably, I mean, even this morning I was thinking about it because uh, 
this week has been a pretty stressful week for me and it's been it's been pretty rough and I've been really kind of like mm -hmm. overwhelmed at times and I, I exercise religiously pretty much every day if I can and there's everything in my body was telling me don't go downstairs and exercise yes and I'm having to like kick in and go no it's good for me. Like I need, I need this so that I feel better. That rational part like, of the brain. Yeah. Like luckily, I have the kind of the executive functions to be like, shut up. Like, go, kind of work out. Go, go through it. It'll help. Don't dig yourself don't, deeper. Don't take my. Don't pile on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the suffering. The pile the suffering. The athlete who gets who tears his um, the athlete who tears his ACL mm -hmm. and then continues to play. You're right. Like right. You're instead of going and getting help and going and dealing with the problem, you keep trying to endure and suffer through it, and you just keep piling on mm -hmm. and at it, and you do things. That's a great example. You know, it, it sucks, because that happened to my uh, daughter. She uh, hurt her knee a little bit, and she plays volleyball. Uh -huh. And, and there was this anxiety of like, I don't want to take time off. Like, what's that going to mean for my team? She wants the, perf the performance, performance anxiety. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm trying to find playing time and and do all these things. And so it was a, it was an emotional kind of impact. I know that's one of the topics that we want to cover. Mm -hmm. But I think injury is you know injury is basically saying that something is not working the way we want it. Mm -hmm. And so our ability to cope is not working the way we want it. There's an injury. Something is is you know impacted by an experience or an event, and we have to help our brain and body work through it. Yeah, you know, and, and we you know. You wouldn't expect your daughter with the bum knee to go out there and perform just like normal, like yeah. you know, to play up to her part, right. right? We don't expect that from injured people, and you know, and similarly, we shouldn't right. expect you know people that are suffering, from, people that are suffering from things to just perform their day-to-day -day, you know activities right. just as normal, you know. Right. So I, I think that's a part of that stigma too, is like you know managing the expectations right. of people that are dealing. Well, I think a lot of people are calling, you know, calling off work because they have to take mental health days and everything like that. That's a good thing if they're taking taking it off to do something real rehabilitative. Like I'm doing something to mm -hmm. take care of myself, not to just I'm calling off because I don't feel like working because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm depressed. But I'm gonna take this day so that I can, uh, whether it's you know, go exercise or go you know, go on a trip with a friend to, mm -hmm. to bond, to reconnect, or to reconnect mm -hmm. and, you know, re-engage in life, you know, so that, you know, when you are taking those days that you're making it, you know, it's kind of purposeful and it's, mm -hmm. it's to take care, it's to rehabilitate like you would go to physical therapy yes. to deal yes. with an injury. But yes. What would you say to a kid who's, he's suffering from some mental health issues and he's recognized that there's issues, but he, he doesn't see how counseling or therapy can help him. And he's tried it once and he, and he didn't see, like he didn't see the results. And so he, you know, now he's reluctant to return. Mm. What would you say to a, you know, a young teen? That, that is a really good question. And there's probably a couple different directions to go. Um, one would be, I would want to know more about why the first time that he tried it, it didn't go well. So, okay. It, it could have been like, okay, that was a year ago and I was in a much different place and they forced me to go to therapy. I didn't really want to go to therapy in the first place. Mm -hmm. and so then I went and then it went, it went all wrong and it miserable and, and everything like that. So if the kid's more aware a year later and saying, hey, I want to create change, you know, his attitude and mindset of I want to get better probably is going to lead to mm -hmm. a, better, a better 
you know, result. Mm -hmm. I think what it was in this particular example is they weren't jiving. They just, they got, they, yeah. you know, they weren't jiving with the counselor. And so that's normal. Part of that's kind of, you got to like shop yeah. around yeah, a little bit, right? And, uh, and to see it, what it's, works. It's this, so we're talking about injury. It could be the same. Like if I, if I have, if I go to physical therapy and you know, to deal with a physical injury and I just don't like the facility, mm -hmm. I don't like the equipment that they have, I don't like the routine that they're doing, mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be working, it's not, this person doesn't seem to really uh, respect my feedback about what's happening mm -hmm. with my knee, you know, or, or, or whatever, then yeah, I would probably have, okay, instead of going to this physical therapy place, I'm going to go somewhere Try else because that didn't work. It's not, not that therapy doesn't work. It's that, you know, something wasn't right in terms of the relationship. The interpersonal. And interpersonal and, stuff. And especially, you know, mental health is very interpersonal counseling. Yeah. And so I think it's important that you, you know. Oh, absolutely. You find the right, you know, don't give up on counseling, you know, if your first attempt maybe wasn't with the right fit, you Absol know. Absolutely. And, and you know, and there could also be some uh, self-awareness of, like, what was your state going in? Were you really excited about being counseling? Were you really nervous, really stressed, overwhelmed? Like, how open were you? Mm -hmm. Like, how, you know, did you give it time? Because mm -hmm. uh, I would say that, you know, physical therapy, when I go, when I rehab my knee, because I dislocated my kneecap, it wasn't easy. Like, it, it, mm -hmm. it was... It was tough. It was. It was. It. You know, in some ways, it was. It was not a good feeling to do the rehab. Yeah. To exert myself. Yeah. And do all that, and and so. It's a little uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. You know, I had to, I had to keep challenging my knee to get it stronger and better. So you know, sometimes what I think happens is people go to therapy, and as soon as they start getting challenged, their brain starts to kind of sound the alarms, and then they go, "I don't really like this person." Mm. Uh, therapy doesn't work interesting yeah. because they don't trust the process and the process is is that you don't just go to one therapy session and then boom, magical wand magic, magical wand you know even though in solution focused therapy we ask that question like if you had a magical wand what would be better <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work that way the other thing is uh, don't have to just go to therapy to work on your mental health so what do you mean by that therapy typically or often is a talk oriented approach. Now there mm -hmm. are therapists out there that do a lot of body, sensory motor type therapy, EMDR, things like that, sure. which are wonderful and fantastic ways to, to do therapy. So it's not all just talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Talk therapy, people might not be, especially kids, might not be, it's just not the right time for them to start talking about. It. They're too overwhelmed by what's happening in their body. Yeah. And so you have to kind of do more physical and you know, maybe it's like, okay, start getting better. You're gonna get into a physical movement routine. You're gonna mm -hmm. you're gonna just you're gonna work with you know you at school and just learn how to regulate every day. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of finger trace breathing right. every right. day, many times a day, and just see how you kind of rehab your stress response system. Yeah. Right. So just like you go, it's really and, just like building up the blocks from the right. brainstem. You're, you're, yeah, to absolutely. get to the top. Right. You're, you're regulating the lower systems because the other thing is is that. When we're suffering and we're deciding that we're going to therapy, we're so dysregulated from being overwhelmed by our emotional pain and, and, and whatever mm -hmm. that it shuts our cortex down. Well, to do therapy, pretty much you have to have your cortex available, available to yeah. do talk therapy. Right. To kind of like process in a cognitive way, you know, to talk about your thoughts and feelings and all that and to self-reflect. Yeah. You have to be fairly well regulated for that to be really mm -hmm. effective. 
So if you're really dysregulated from your mental health struggles and stress and stuff, oftentimes I wouldn't even recommend going to therapy in a sense. I would, or I would go to therapy to somebody that is more uh, developmentally informed and biologically informed in, in terms of knowing how to use movement right. rhythm and just focusing on regulation activities and not doing a whole lot of mm -hmm. talking. Because jumping right to it, right. it's just, right. it's going to be hard to be productive. I mean, I mean, and anybody, it was just like, because, you know, trauma and all the things that create our mental health struggles are located in the lower non-talking part of our brain, stored in our body. Like, there's a great book by uh, Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps Score, like, or, you know, so it's all about, like, how trauma gets stored in our body. So mm. we're talking at a very high level cognitive area, but the body's gonna start screaming at you and say, it's like, hey, I, I, re I remember this. I remember, I don't wanna remember it, stop talking about it. Uh -huh. And so it sounds all the alarms and it creates all this yuck in your body. And so then that's when you gauge in those fight or flight. So the stress response gets activated and you're like, mm -hmm. and so your brain can kind of filter. I don't like that therapist, he's no good. He doesn't mm -hmm. know what he's talking about and everything like that. Whether that's true or not is whatever. Could be, yeah, right, right. okay. You know? And so uh, there's other ways to heal. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of movement and, you know, using drawing, using non-talk ways of, mm -hmm. you know, healing. So and even like relationships, right? So like even if you're not comfortable, you know, yeah. maybe talking with uh, you know an official therapist, maybe that like psychs you out. Yeah. Like. You know, will the will the janitor like listen? Right. Like right. you know, just like you know, will the janitor sit there and let you express yourself? You know, and you you, you could take it for you know, but maybe that's the starting yeah. point. Yeah. Maybe that's the start of you opening up and yeah. you practicing opening up. You know, and then as you can take it to more and more, you know, serious level as yeah. you know, maybe your needs are. So we I was doing training with some of the local school districts in life space crisis intervention, and you took that course. Yeah. And, and uh, they sent their secretary because she deals with a lot of the kids. A lot of the times the secretaries are like, like the front line. Yeah. They're just there. They so, just happen to see it and they happen to be there. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes it's, a whole lot of sense for them to, uh, to learn how to do crisis intervention. And, absolutely. And, and, absolutely. And, and do that. So. But I, I just think I, I, the big thing that I think um, to kind of summarize or at least to kind of end on mental health as an injury is I think like mental health injury kind of gives it's all about assessing what the injury is and then addressing it and yeah. rehabbing it and sometimes it's okay my knee is unstable so I build all the muscles around it so sometimes you're even if you're not even able to get at some of the traumas or whatever you still like focus on building resilience to allow yourself to better tolerate yeah, the the injuries or, or whatever, or to help stabilize your body and your mind, you know, mm -hmm. because it was so it was destabilized from these traumatic events. Right, you stabilize your mind and body through these resilience building activities. Yeah, and so I think it gives you hope. It gives you kind of a game plan. I also think when you kind of go and you just look at it from a disorder standpoint, whether it's ADHD or uh, depression, you don't really just because you have that disorder label you don't know why, why yeah it doesn't always ADHD. explain it doesn't why. explain the etiology that where where is this the coming source from? yeah what's driving the depression what's like the medical model but in, in medical fields you can take x-rays you can get into the body 
and figure out what's going on. You can't go into the mind. You can't x-ray our very thoughts. Well. You can do like, you know, it's very expensive to like do the MRI, fMRI right. and stuff. Right. We just don't have the technology or the, the cheap technology to, to kind of be able to do that. So right. it's all about, and, and you really can't see someone's perception about an event or see how they were impacted. Mm -hmm by the event to know what the injury is and it's and less concrete than like traditional it is medicine right so i know in therapy i don't want to go into a therapy and say i have a disorder i have a, right you know i can handle saying yeah i was injured by this particular life event mm -hmm. that, you know really and, and that's okay i you know I, i'm gonna work through it and i'm gonna get better right. and it doesn't mean anything about my character or my identity of who I am. Right. So, I, you know, injury protects my identity. Disorder mm. starts to create a new identity yes. for who I am. So who I thought I was, I'm no longer. I'm this depressed, helpless person that can't get any better. And that's not, that doesn't, you know, work. That's not very yeah. And that's not the, in, and don't get me wrong, that's not the intention of, how the mental health field works. I don't think that's what they were, you know, no. it all comes from good intentions. Right. But, you know, I always kind of say, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's how people interpret It's the cultural, like, the cultural, yeah, yeah the, about it. how people view it. And exactly. And I guess to end on a high, like injury, yeah, it implies that there's hope. I just think that's important. Yeah. Like there's an imply as opposed to just being. It normalizes things too. Yeah, I think I like like yeah. physical injuries are more normal. Like oh, every, every, everybody can relate. To everybody somebody. rolls their ankle at some point. Right, like, right. And you know, and you know, a lot of people deal with mental health. Let me. I, I want people to kind of send in their thoughts about um, yeah mental health as an injury. What they think about that. Um, yeah, comment below. Let us know what you think about that. Yeah, because I I think it would be interesting. I'd be curious to see what people's um, perspective is on that. Um, I'm not saying that my perspective is perfect, but I, I want to kind of... It's, I'm always, that. yeah, always, always open to see it. This next segment is Doug and Spencer watch TikTok. So my I'm idea. sure that this is definitely Spencer's idea. TikTok, whatever, real, whatever you call it, but we're going to be watching a TikTok and we're going to um, respond to it and react to it. I think I'm having a panic attack. Oh, that's nice. Hey, can you hold this real quick? What? Uh, okay. So what did you say? You want to go get an organic Big Mac? I don't think they make those. No, I said I'm having a panic attack. Oh, got it. Hey, do me a favor, put that ice tray right on your wrist there. Okay, but why? Are you even listening to me? Yes, you were about to have a panic attack and then I stopped it. No, I'm having a... Wait, yeah, it stopped. What just happened? Touching something cold like an ice tray can disrupt our body's panic response. You can either hold it in your hands or touch it to different parts of your body and it should help calm your anxiety. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. So now about that organic Big Mac, I think we're on to something. Some might like the organic Big Mac to cook, but uh, what do you think about that one? What's, what's, what's your thoughts on this one? That's interesting. Is, this was by uh, Jesse Ketches. Yep, Jesse Ketches on TikTok. He does a lot of good videos like yeah. this. Um, I've never heard of, I've never thought about using ice or like cold temperatures. Mm -hmm. Is that like, again, like a grounding technique? Is I, 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 yeah, I think it's giving them a difference. So, 
you kind of think about like when you're having a panic attack, that it's a sensory experience too. It's not a cognitive. I mean, there is some cognitive elements to it. You're thinking you're going to die and you're overwhelmed. But you're but also it, feeling your heart. It's, it's really about the, the sensory aspect of you're panicking because of what you're feeling in your body. Yeah. So when you create a different sensory experience, which is the cold, it would be the same as taking a cold shower yeah. or a hot shower or... Um, so, I, I mean, I've, I've noticed it, like, not that my daughter was having a panic attack but when she's getting dysregulated mm -hmm. she will and she doesn't want to take a shower so she's like I don't want to take a shower my kids don't like to take showers mm -hmm. um, so she'll get all dysregulated most kids don't yeah. she'll fight all the way to the shower but kind of the shower kind of resets her yeah and when she comes out she's better and she's fine yeah um, so it's, it's just kind of um definitely kind of like a it's, giving, like, a, it's like a disruptor kind yeah. of like you disrupt that you're the cycle you're going yeah. down and it kind of like puts like a roadblock in there. Right, and, and I think probably why the ice probably even works with a panic, because a panic attack can be very overwhelming, is, is cold is quite a, like an intense yeah. sensory experience. So Especially you're, if you're radiating right. heat from a panic attack. Right, you right. Know? Probably what, you know, why that works um, yeah. so well. Now, I mean, if you're by the fridge and you're having a panic attack, that works really well. Yeah. Um, most of us are not hanging out by the fridge all day with a panic attack, so you would have to kind of think about what are other sensory is it like inputs you can use. You know, going to the water fountain, splashing water. You could. Or, like, you know, that, would that kind of do the same thing? Yeah, and then walking to the water fountain would also be On the way there. Too, would be um, helpful as well. Um, so anything, yeah, you would call that kind of bottom-up regulation. So the lower parts of the brain, which are, you know, are really regulated by you know, movement and rhythm and sensory inputs. Mm -hmm. So like drawing or yeah. any of those things can help reduce that anxiety and stress that you're feeling in your body because you are regulating the lower system. It's the lower systems of your brain yeah. that are sending all the chemical messages and mm -hmm. you know, to the body that says, race your heart rate. Yeah, you know, right. Because your brain's perceiving some threat in the environment and mm -hmm. it's typically not something that's real it's a perceived threat that creates the panic you know right no one ever says they're having a panic attack when they're being chased by a tiger they're really being chased by a tiger yeah. typically the panic attack is happening in, in an experience where they don't it's like mismatch it's mismatched. like their environment's actually not threatening yeah. to the level of their response right right and they're overreacting to the brains overreacting to the sound the alarms are way bigger yeah. than what it needs to be you know like he thinks he's having a panic attack mm -hmm. um, you know in our it's, it's our it's our brain's reaction to sensory input so we're getting that you know increased heart rate, the chest pounding, uh -huh. like that. And so then often what you'll see is like you start thinking in panic ways. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, that's sending a signal to your brain that you're, uh -huh. you know. So I like, you know, even sensory input, like uh, we do, um, I'm wearing like an original strength t-shirt and they do pressing reset. And one of the resets is rolling. And I love rolling on the floor because there's this tactile input. Yeah. to your body and so you just feel like it's very it's very rewarding to my brain really kind of just re regulate my mind and body by rolling on the floor really? um yeah and rocking kind of does the same thing. yeah um but you're doing something in a kind of purposeful way um but you know if you're really overwhelmed and you have access to something cold you could you could do that yeah that's something to, i guess something to think about like the temperature yeah like you can use you know, a different, different senses yeah
Okay. One thing is if you have, if you're very, um, especially with kids, like kids often have, like you'll find like if, if kids have um, experienced traumas uh, early on in their life, um, like first few years of life, they might yeah. have body temperature regulation problems. So they actually get really hot really easily and, yeah. and, and they're not in a hot room, but their temperature, they can't regulate because the lower systems are so dysregulated from chaotic upbringing or whatever that right. they have, they're always cold, they're always hot, they're, they're hot when it's cold, they're cold when it's yeah. hot. You yeah. know. Tell yeah. us what you think. There's so many opportunities for uh, people to comment. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. So. Do you have a philosophical question? Because this is how we're going to end is yeah. on the philosophical We're going to end with like a little fun philosophical question. Um, so this one is, if you, could, if you were born with a different name, how do you think that would affect your personality? And if you could choose a different name for yourself, do you have one like in mind? That's an interesting one. Um, so, I have so, this theory so, that the name affects your personality, and, and some names impact more than other names. <laughs> right. The name, my name, which is Doug, mm -hmm. Douglas or whatever, is a. It, it's it's been both a a good experience and a really painful experience. So, Explain. Uh, Rhymes with just about everything in the world. <laughs> um, so, easy to be made fun of. Yes. With the name. So, I've always been, and sorry, Mom, but I've always hated my name. I have never, ever really Ooh, liked my name. I've touched on something here. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because I always got made fun of, like, with my name. Um, so, you ever, and, and ever had those, um, uh, where uh, what do you those things in the yard? They're called bag of bugs. Where you oh, put yes. them in the yard and they collect all like the beetles yes. or, or whatever. Yes, bag of dog. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just awful. And then not to mention my last name. No one knows how to spell it or even pronounce it. So it, my name has been like butchered. I don't have a good like name, but I will say in high school. So there's a rapper Dougie Fresh. Okay. And, and some might think that I was like, I wouldn't like that, but I actually kind of felt like that those were some of the like more positive ways people use my name. Like that was like a positive was Doug. A, yeah, it was a positive <laughs> Doug reference. So people endearing themselves to me by Fresh Pfeiffer or Dougie Fresh or, or whatever. That was probably, yeah, a, so, a good change of Yeah, so, so there was time in high school where that really worked. And now as adulthood, it's, it's, it is what it is, but no one really does that anymore until probably now but but yeah that's that's what i end up having to deal with so. yeah but like if your name is like zeus or something zeus, like right. how would that like impact your right uh, how you perceive your you know if or yeah. uh yeah like um, i've always thought about that well interesting like doug was not my was not my parents first choice but then i had cousins that had the same like i think it was going to be a chris but then my cousin's name is chris and you know so i would have really been happy with with chris or my um, parents were drawing letters out of hat were they? They, they? they land on like Farley. They land on some ones that I'm glad they. They didn't go with. Yeah, I, I, I like Spencer. I've I've, I've Spencer, come to like. Yeah. It's it's you don't hear it as often. Yeah. How um, it, has it shaped your personality in any way? I don't know. I feel like I, growing up when I was like about middle school age, I, I, my middle name is Ryan. Uh -huh. I kind of wanted I like that. Ryan. I like Ryan. I, I kind of was like, oh, I wish my first name was Ryan. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was cool. Well, a lot of people go by their middle names. So. Yeah, I didn't know how to do that. So, but I, you know, I, it works out. I like Spencer. So yeah. I, I've come to, I've come to peace come with to, that. Come to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Pez Dispenser. That's like the only, like, 
pun you can make with Spencer. It's hard to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pez dispenser. That's like the only right. uh, like right. w yeah real big pun you can make on that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, the rest of them you're kind of like reaching too far. <laughs> yes. And, and they, then then you're kind of like oh man that's that's sad like you really don't know how to make a good joke but yeah um, I think it probably made me more shy and more you know in in certain social situations and like the stereotype that come with each name has like their you know like I don't feel very confident sharing what my name is like when they ask my you know I just don't you don't feel like I don't breed with confidence going my name is Doug right yeah you know? that's interesting yeah I don't know I think that's interesting so I, I'm sure it I'm sure it is embedded in my uh, in your soul in my soul <laughs> in my in my aura or or whatever so that's, let us know what you think what would your name be if you could change your name. Yeah. Yeah. Zeus would be a good. I, would, I, would <laughs> I don't know. That was, be, I would love to be Zeus. Quite godly. Yeah. Godly. Or <laughs> Apollo, or you know, one of the yeah Greek god names, or, or or whatever. So, man, that was a good question. That was a good start to the philosophical questions. I've got more of those too. You got so. more of those. So, yes. all right. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we're really excited to bring back the Resilient Purpose podcast. Back to YouTube, back to Apple, back to Spotify. We're on all of those. So uh, please get on there, like it, share it, uh, show us some support. Uh, let us know things that you want to hear us talk about. Um, certainly throw in some guest suggestions. Um, maybe we can get Tom Brady. So if any of you guys know Tom Brady, uh, or Sean, Roger, or Roger Federer, <laughs> uh, he's got time on his hand. He just retired. So. He did just retire. Uh, maybe yeah. he's doing a little media tour. Right, right, we can right. Pick him up. Uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> so thank you guys. Have a great rest of your day, and take care. Thank you.